Um, yesterday I was uh, mentioning in the evening talk uh, nimitta signs, signs, and this term nimitta can be used uh, in quite a refined uh, sense to particular images or impressions that can arise in meditation, such as lights or sounds or something like nimitta. But actually it's a very common experience. Yeah. Uh, you say something is beautiful. What's that mean? How, how do you know something is beautiful? Big, small? And how do you define it? Right? It's not six centimeters, five kilograms. No, those are, those are abstract measures, right? Beautiful. What is beautiful? Um, <laughs> is it a color, shape? Why is it beautiful? What does that mean? It's a very simple experience we have. Uh, what is beautiful? Something touches the heart. What is friendly? Particular gestures, manners, or something touches the heart. What is tasty? Different. People find different things tasty, tastes pleasant, agreeable. Why? What does that mean? Why does salty or sour or sweet, or what are these? Can you measure them? Have you all experience them. Yeah. These are very obvious limiters, signs that the heart brings up. So, for example, you know, you see a photograph of your mother, oh. something immediately touches the heart. You get some kind of emotional response. That's a nimitta. Right? Is it the shape of the face? No, it's to do with the memory, the emotional resonances, familiarity, the mood. It brings it all together. You go, oh, that's her, all right. Yeah. Sound of somebody's voice. Is it a Nimittas. This is actually what the heart is touched by. And this can be positive or negative because uh, the commercial world is very good at presenting nimittas. Yeah, You see advertisements you know, for whiskey or something looks absolutely wonderful. Creates an atmosphere of sophistication, elegance, ease, uh, you know, sophisticated, elegant, easeful. What is it? It's actually a form of poison. <laughs> it damages your liver and it has a negative effect on your brain. <laughs> and yet the limiter is one of sophisticated, you know, charming, enjoyable, ease, comfort. So the limiter, the limiter is what sells it, not the, not the ingredients on the bottle. Put a nice gold label on it, fancy lettering, attractive bottle, you buy it. Well, I hope you don't, but people do. Big industry. Typical. Design, advertisements, all present nimiters of smooth, comfortable, pleasant, enjoyable, whatever, sexy, you know, fragrant, easeful, washing powder. Looks like the happiest experience you can have in your life is washing dishes. People merrily washing a dish, suds, and looking happy. 
these are greed nimitters. These are delusion nimitters. And, uh, the Sutra says, greed is a nimitta, hatred is a nimitta, delusion is a nimitta. Means you, you get someone cast as a villain, you know, with glaring eyes, or I don't know what, what villains look like these days, kind of hideous complexion, always ugly or fat or something. Actually, fat people are no more evil than anybody else. <laughs> Not all the villains are kind of gross. So you could hate nimitters. Big nimitter is delusion. Delusion. Delusion means what? You take something that's absolutely uh, not what it is. So you take something like a bottle of liquid, which is an acknowledged uh, damaging effects on the body, called whiskey. Yeah, damages the liver. It makes the brain functioning less clear. People do violent things when they're under the influence of alcohol, so it's a dangerous substance. Delusion says this is a wonderful, happy, relaxing experience. Completely, you know, a complete deceit as to what's actually there. Delusion limiter. But the heart, you see, the heart receives its impressions, is affected. And so therefore we need to really investigate how do things affect me? Do they allow me to be clear, to test things? Do they just capture my attention? Do they take me to a, to a place, when I follow that, does it take me to a place of clarity, steadiness, ease, real, true peace, or does it take me to the next delusion? <laughs> delusion limiters are everywhere. Yeah. And what's behind it? This is asking me to spend money on it. Now we also have positive limiters. So the puja presents a limiter of the sacred. Yeah. The, the pure. The sacred, the pure. When we chant, you know, the intention is not to be better than anybody else, not to win anything, you don't have to pay anything, it doesn't leave you feeling groggy, no toxic effects. <laughs> and it's recollecting qualities of wisdom, truth, virtue, compassion. Okay, where does it take you to? If you use it wisely, properly, it lifts the heart. And it doesn't say you've got to buy another one. <laughs> a better one next time. This year's model, it's the same model. Same old model. <laughs> so you're thinking, this one is not, not taking me to some, it's taking me back, in fact, taking me back to my own heart, not taking me out into spending money, buying something I don't need taking me into a deluded state. It's encouraging me to be clear, steady, balanced, and reflect on purity. 
reflect on it not from just an idea but for feeling the beauty of nimitta and the power of it is it evokes a feeling which begins to stir the heart so we can be stirred by so we can be stirred by greed we can be stirred by aversion we can be stirred by delusion we can also be stirred by loving kindness we can be stirred by wisdom purity trustworthiness things that really touch you deeply when the sense of trust safety guidance you can rely upon this and also it's entirely up to you nobody's trying to take advantage of you yeah. so yeah that sounds like a good nimitta to follow yeah. and then we takes us into the realm of the heart not just the thinking mind we come to the realm of the heart we can experience these um, felt senses these nimitters these signs yeah. and when we're using these in dhamma practice the whole point of it is not even just follow it but to to, to observe it to reflect upon it how does this affect me does it bring me to a place of upright mind upright heart does it take me to a place of an upright heart does it take me to a place of this is what wise people do I want to belong to this group I want to be part of the wise people over thousands of years have been doing this I want to follow the Buddha the one who never let anybody down the reliable one the teacher humans gods and humans I want to follow that so then it becomes a, a support for upright upright heart we reflect upon it and we re use that sign the upright the steady the reliable you know, the non-deluded meeting experience as it happens clear awakened yeah. that sign and when the mind slips off we come back again wait a minute this is this is this is the track we're following this is the footprint of the buddha All right you've now got a nimitta which gives you the footprint of the buddha put your foot in that every time you slip out put your foot back in it again it's, it's easy natural to slip out push your foot back there steady upright discard the negativities or the delusions of the mind the chattering thoughts reflective now you've probably heard this but as the the buddha's uh, almost one of the statements of the reflective quality of the Buddha was his abiding in knowing mm. knowing as I was saying yesterday there's a difference between intellectual knowing and heart knowing mm. 
intellectual knowing says, oh, that's that. It weighs five kilograms. It's made of rubber. It's six centimeters long. We, we add a load of thoughts that tell us about something. But uh, we add a lot of thoughts that add descriptions to it, concepts. And we might add more, like, I should make something out of this. It shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. That's another set of concepts that arise. And if we're following that, a lot of meditation experience is trying to have an experience that we don't have. So I'm trying to have an experience that I haven't got yet. I want to have an experience of fourth jhana. Is this really it? I haven't got it, so I want to have it. Or we have the sense of I'm having an experience I shouldn't have. Here I am thinking about feeling averse to my next door neighbor. I shouldn't be thinking about that. But I am thinking about it. Stop it. So we have this fighting and struggling. This is what happens when we think about things, about things. Now the knowingness of the heart just says, oh, this is, this is the quality of trying. Trying feels like this. Uh-huh. And how, where does that take you? Stress. Trying to have something that isn't here. Now, what about really fully reflecting on what is here happening? This is agitation, like that. This is happiness, like this. So that definitely takes an effort, but it's an effort of the heart to disengage from entangling with what the mind, the body, bring up. Moods, feelings, don't entangle with this is knowing this is this, and it's changeable, because the liberation of the heart is based upon the heart's ability to disengage from the phenomena that arise. Yeah. This ability is Buddha, is the awakening potential. The disengage doesn't mean averse, doesn't mean I don't like them, or I get, no, it doesn't mean that, it just means I can contemplate the feeling of agitation. Where is that and how is that? And what does it need? What's helpful here? And sometimes it's just pure act of reflective acknowledgement. We're able to find peaceful coexistence with our physical limitations, with our states of health, with our circumstances. So being noticing, reflecting, you know, I don't feel very well today. So what does that feel like? It feels kind of groggy or tense or, okay. And then 
knowing that, aware of that, your energy, instead of going into the phenomena, the energy of the heart, instead of going into what it's aware of, the energy of the heart, instead of adding or tangling with what we experience, returns to awareness. It, it comes back into awareness. So instead of those experiences of dis-ease or suffering becoming stronger and stronger because we keep focusing on them and worrying about them and thinking about them and wanting to get rid of them and want to have something else, all this action puts more and more energy into these phenomena. They become big and luminous and obsessive. And there's no way out in that track. But if you notice, this is the effect, this is the nimitta of ill will. What do I do when that sign of ill will arises? I notice it. I don't buy it. It's just like you walk through, when I go through the airport, every time I go through the airport, I walk through an entire hall full of whiskey, perfumes, wristwatches, <laughs> every kind of wristwatches, perfumes, whiskey, just <laughs> I'm sure you do the same thing. It's there and yet it's not there. <laughs> just what you have to do these days to get on a plane, you've got to go through this host of Mara. <laughs> like, you just see if you get fascinated by it or annoyed by it or just, just not interested in it. Just my feet are walking on the ground. There's the, there's the, you've got to go through often a tangled route because they want you to stop. So you can't get a straight line. You've got to go through this bendy route past all the Chanel and the Johnny Walker and all that kind of stuff. You just keep going. There's the, there's the way out. I think sometimes life is like walking through the, um, it's duty-free. Life is like walking through a duty-free lobby. <laughs> Don't want that. Not interested in that. That's not there. Where's the way out? Keep your feet on the ground. Just keep walking. <laughs> the nimitas of greed clustering around you. You just keep not buying it. Just keep walking. Uh, so I recommend walking meditation because then you can you can really notice all these nimitas around you. Frantic traffic, people going crazy, jumping up and down, okay, just, just walking. <laughs> Things in the shops and keep walking. Yeah. Don't get caught in it. And then there's a there's a lovely coolness because it's that you're not really hanging on to being separate from it all. You certainly notice it all. But you're not, in, not engaged with it. Yeah. Not engaged with it. And it gives you a sense of a coolness and a balance and a steadiness. And you know where you are. You know your balance. You know your, your freedom within circumstances. Yeah. It's freedom within circumstances. 
Now, sometimes when we come to meditation, we want freedom with no circumstances. Cut out the noise, cut out the traffic, you know, get the place completely chilled out, totally serene, exactly the temperature I like it. Yeah, everybody else in the room is totally quiet, nobody sniffling or fidgeting. Everything's perfectly on time. Yeah. Body doesn't hurt. Yeah. Feeling good. Then I can meditate. <laughs> well, even if it happens like that, that's going to be one in a hundred. And most of your life is not like that. So instead you learn to practice to live in the midst of the departure lounge of life. Walking through the duty freeze, just saying, yeah, it's, 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 something's bothering me. <laughs> something's annoying me, just it is. <laughs> Not the way I want it, you know. And some of these these um, phenomena, of course, we take very personally. Not just it's not other people; it's me. It's my moods, my chattering mind. I don't like. It's the it's the ones that are called me that are the, the biggest problems. So uh, this is why this teaching says: do, do you have to call it me? Do you have to say it's yours? Why say it's yours? What does that mean? Yeah. Do you create it? Can you control it? Can you get? Can you put it away? No. These are just the phenomena that arise in the world of circumstance. We don't have to deny they exist, but we don't have to claim them as personal belongings. What makes them so personal? They touch, they touch the heart. The heart jumps, the heart is stirred. But then we can also get the heart touched and stirred by qualities of goodwill. Reflections on the triple gem. So we're taking control of this area just to the extent to know that the world of circumstance that infects our minds with stirring thoughts and demands and agitations and urgency and pressure and worry and criticism it's just a crazy crazy lounge you've got to walk through <laughs> i call it living in the lunatic asylum of life just keep walking through see all this stuff going on and uh, that's where, of course, why meditation can be somewhat physical. Because then you, you really sense you've got something there that you can refer to that just does the walking, <laughs> just does the breathing, just does the sitting. It do, you don't need an identity to walk. <laughs> you don't need a have a personality in order to sit. So it gives you some way of being held steady by something so you can observe the movements of the personal world from a place of some dispassion. And that as you affirm, validate dispassion, 
Is the Buddha dispassionate? Yes. Is he involved with things? Does he get upset with things? No. Is the Buddha the quality of dispassion? Yes. He's also compassionate. And he's also wise. These three go together. And this is where we learn. We learn to generate, we learn to activate our own Buddha wisdom walking through the world of our circumstances with dispassion and ease. Kamatana. Kamatana, Kamatana, making a foundation in this action of the heart. The action of the heart to step back, refer to what validates it, what holds it upright. From that position, that place of balance, observing, reflecting on phenomena, withdrawing energy. Now you withdraw energy by being not interested in the advertisements, not interested in the sales patter, not interested in the blathering comes over the loudspeaker, just not interested. It's not my story. Keep walking. That's how you practice. So let's take some time to um, look directly into our own experience, steadying yourself in your physical position and uh, breathing. Uh, just that regular rhythm of what happens at the end of an out-breath or happens at the end of an in-breath. Staying steady through the flow from one end to the other. Letting the body do it. Don't get in the way, don't keep adjusting it with your mind. Let the body do it, stay with it. And take from it what it can offer you. Calming. Full, full body. Uh, presence. Uh, and this firms up your basis for wisdom and reflection. <laughs>